0: Hello, and welcome to this Head Talks podcast. I'm Terry Diasny, and I've been speaking to Arno Collery, the co-founder of Humanava, a company that provides soft skills training. He's also a speaker and a coach. As he tells us, changing career is something he loves to do and to inspire in others.
1: My name is uh, Arno Collery, and I've been an entrepreneur and a keynote speaker and a coach for the last 20 years. I've been based in uh, France for three years again, after 20 years around the world, mainly uh, US, Japan, China, and a lot of time doing my work in South America and in the Middle East the last few years.
0: So it sounds like you've had a really interesting and varied career doing all sorts of things from business to comedy, and now, as you say, talking to people. What made you shift from, firstly, the business world, then into more creative things, and then coming back, I suppose, to talking to to people in that corporate and business world again?
1: Thank you for the question. As always, I think it's the mix of different things that led us to change, right? led us to be who we are right now. The very first time I wanted to get into the world of what I call happiness at work, motivational speaking, purpose... I was uh, about 20 years old. My parents uh, just announced me they were divorcing. And even though I was old enough, I mean, I was not 10 years old. I was 20 years old. My my world shattered. I, I sort of put my parents in a box and I thought that was working. Even though I had left home 16 years old um, and, and I thought I was just because I was an adventurous guy and. I wanted to see the world and I just blind myself. It's because there was no, uh, I guess, love enough and enough stability, emotional stability in home that I had left home when I was 16. So when I was 20, I decided to plunge myself into uh, happiness, motivational speaking. I had um, I had been at the time a finance students doing things already in business. Life uh, will go on. I will get into uh finance world and luxury and uh, different work. And uh, at some point I realized in order to fulfill myself and to truly find the person I am, I need to find a deep connection with who I am. And it was an intellectual move for me to become an artist. So I went to LA, I became a good comedian, director, an actor. And when uh, in two thousand 10, 2010, 11, a movie I had produced and star and direct didn't work it out. Once again, I'm like, okay, I probably identified too much of who I am to my new ad- identity. And that was wrong. So once again, I start from scratch. What is happiness? What is motivating us? Uh, what is the sense of it all? Uh, what is our responsibility in this world? So I start to study myself, the world, what makes us. That led me to become a, a coach, a speaker, and then little by little I start to go back in business and, and and um and create different things, which led me to what I do now. Last two years, we had a we had a, a platform for mental health and uh what we call in French épanouissement, which is thriving. So we, we have some of the best coach and trainers on our platform with pre-recorded videos. So, and, and now again, because I love it. So I I'm, I'm keep coaching on the side. I understood to be the person I need to be. I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to create project from scratch. I need to speak on stage that give me a, a real high, but I need to coach. I need to coach team. I need to know I have a direct impact. This is what I know. This is what I do now, and we'll see what I do in five years. And that's what I love. I think the goal is to find all of us the movement, right? What makes us get up? What makes us fully ourselves? Most of the time, most of the time, I say, right? It doesn't have to be hundred percent, but it has. We have to find that thing that makes us who we are. 80, 90% 80, 90% of the time. And then we need downtime, like everyone.
0: That sounds really interesting. And it's obviously the change is, is part of the process for you. That sounds like something it's, that you enjoy.
1: I love it.
0: <laughs> you love it. Why, why do you like that? Why do you love the change?
1: I, I love because there's always something I don't know yet about myself. Uh, my, my last book was just about this. It was a, a book published in French called Reinventez-vous. Comment se réinventer? how to reinvent yourself and for many things. I love change because now I know that within the change, I'm going to discover and people who I don't know yet, I can be friends with them and things about myself. I don't know yet exist. I don't know yet. They will uh, make me thrive. So I've changed so much, right? So I've changed 13 times careers and now I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, love and I'm in awe of the, with the change itself. Knowing, I know why I change. So it's extremely conscious change, extremely conscious. I know why. I have a reason. I have a vision. I have a direction. But I also know there will things, fantastic thing, that will be around the corner once the muddy part is over. And this is the biggest hurdle people not to change, right? Whether it's teams at company, whether it's a leader, whether it's an individual, why don't they want to change? It's because of that muddy aspect because things will not be perfect. Things will not be the way they want. And when we change, we know why we change. We have a vision why we change, but we don't know exactly what will happen. We just know that if we follow the process, good things will happen, but we don't know what. So every time I change now, I've done it so over and over. I have a direction, I have a vision, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's maybe not what will happen, but something extremely amazing will happen. One f- one thing I call it, and I'm not spiritual here. I call it the, the, the angel you will find. And it's not, not again, one, nothing esoteric, nothing spiritual. The angel means the amazing people real life people that you will meet during the course of your new new change that will that will uh, make your life so amazing so fantastic i give you uh, the last example i never thought i would move back to france being extremely global i came back living in uh, bordeaux which i had never been before uh, you know it's um, I mean, it's a small town relatively to, you know, Paris, London, Dubai, and so forth. Yet, amazing thing I found in this town. I probably found the best school for my kid who's four years old. And now I think maybe that was the only reason I moved to Bordeaux. Not for business, just for my kid to go to the best school he could possibly go to. So this is what excites me too. What I don't know yet
0: That's really interesting. Um, I've seen you talk about yourself as um, a chief happiness officer and suggest that other people uh, have something like that in place. What what do you mean by that? What is that exactly?
1: Right. So chief happiness officer, the first one were born in around 2000. They were born in Silicon Valley during the first internet boom. Engineer had a very difficult time basically managing non-engineer, raising money. Um, and basically we needed a buffer between the management, uh, and engineers. And that's in short, how it developed, what is a chief happiness officer? It's someone who's, uh, in charge of two things, how to bring joy, which is lightness. For me, joy is really lightness, right? How to, how to take light of everything, how to not take yourself seriously. Even though mental health is a a serious business for me, it's a serious thing, yet you need to have some distance. So bringing joy and then bringing purpose. And purpose is quite serious. Purpose is about storytelling. Purpose is about knowing why you're doing the things you do now and being grateful for what is already be there for the people already around you. Even though you might change later, in short, this is what it is, uh, and the chief happiness movement, officer movement, started again, um, so it sort of dwindled in 2003, 2004, and in 2013, we were a few, you know, less than a handful guys like me around the world. There was one woman and four guys who sort of revived or um this position, and uh, so I trained I train hundreds of uh, chief happiness officer in the in the Middle East, in France, in New York, in Latin America. Uh, up to eight days it took me to bring. So we talk about, of course, gratitude, positive psychology, uh, enthusiasm, emotional intelligence, the key to do a great team building, the relationship between, uh, you know, business and work ethic, and what you have to do in society, and what we found out that. The best chief happiness officer usually have a background as an entrepreneur or intrapreneur in company and, of course, have a huge propensity to, to be em- empathetic, to, to help to understand what is it to leave the feelings of others. So they're really sort of an entrepreneur in the, in the field of, let's say, mental health.
0: How important is that 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 do- job is done properly? Because, I mean, you mentioned Silicon yes. Valley, and I think there's a kind of a phenomenon where some companies say, oh, look, you know, we've got a ping pong table, we've got free yes. snacks in the office. It's all really nice here, but we expect you to work all night. And yeah. we, we, you know, so how much is it actually sometimes just covering up uh, yes. a not very good attitude to work-life balance?
1: I, uh, I am, let's say, terribly aware of it. And I have refused about 20% of the mission I was asked to, just for that reason, just because some people will take a chief happiness officer for a short period of time or a long period of time just for the brand employment, right? Just to, to show we're doing something. And basically, it doesn't work when for one reason, usually the CEO, whether it's a man or woman, is not aligned with the job of a chief Happiness officer and just want to do to bring employee in and to show that they're doing something good. So basically I refuse the mission where I cannot talk directly to the CEO, and the CEO is not on board with my work. So I do have calls from HR department, learning and development manager, um, who like, okay, do your thing, do your matching, and basically get off, get out. Which I'm like, no, thanks. I, I have enough client, I don't need to do that. So there is still, there is still, but you know, I would say a good twenty percent of people using a, a fake, let's say, fake happiness, and who do not understand the implication, basically do not care about humanity. Uh, and then we have to stay away from from those. So there is there is a, a part of covering, but what I found, I mean, I did work right with company like. Uh, Google, BMW, UN, UNICEF, Kareem, the biggest startup in the Middle East, um, uh, Nestlé, L'Oréal, Cartier, Chanel, Dior, etc. And every, every time I had to make sure they are really aligned with, with, with changing the mindset, not for immediate results, which is it, it's a really tough one. And I repeat because it's very important. If company want to work with people like us, they need not to want to, to, to change the immediate mindset. Because what we bring, even if it's intense, usually I would go in the company only for one week. Uh, uh, there is mid to long-term implication. And everything I've studied about mental health and the mind change, change mindset, whatever change you implement now, you're gonna see the result, the full result in two, three years. So you will see some result now, right? I've worked with people in depression, burnout, and then you need a quick result. You need to get out, get them out of the mud. Yet the full result, you need to be a patient um, and to to, to accept the full result means you have a long-term view of the mental health of your employee of your anyone working in your entity for that. It means you need, you need to be yourself, someone with a tremendous, a tremendous amount of, 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 humanity. And of course, let's be honest, many, uh, not all CEOs are like that. Right. So, uh, um, but I'm confident more and more are, and, and, uh, and the good thing it's coming out now, those, those uh, who are just doing some uh, happiness washing and, and just using for their thing. So basically, I, I tell them, for me, I say, wh- whenever they ask us to do a mission, I say, I, uh, I will not talk about the, the colors of the wall. I absolutely don't care. I know it's important. Use a designer for that. Use an architect. I'm not gonna tell you what color to put. I'm not gonna talk about ping pong. I'm only gonna talk of the purpose. And then I bring the joy. But I say, are you okay to have real hard conversation on how the companies are aligned with the values they are personally living and the and the values that are on the wall of the company that are publicly out there. I mean, there's a very simple exercise, 90% of the company I talk to, ninety, uh, the employee can't tell the five values of the company. They can't tell, I mean, which means it's bullshit, right? So I'm like, okay, let's start from, from this, let's, what are the real value of the company? Maybe we have to change, uh, you know, they were created maybe 10, 20, 50, 70 years ago when the company was, uh, was created. What can we do to change? You know, it's a it's a bottom up uh, a thing, right? Let's let's start from the bottom, right? Let's let's start from the people at the the, uh, at, the at the very front of the of the customer uh, interface. What do they want? How do they leave things? How do they leave the complaint of the customer? How do they leave the daily interaction with the other their friends and colleagues? Is there really a sense of tribes of a family? Interesting thing. There's a uh, many company, uh, and, and some of which, of course, I can't mention. Uh, tech company would tell me, Arnold, uh, me or one of the, our coaches, come and do your thing, but please do not mention the word happiness. Do not mention the word tribe. Do not mention the word thriving. But do your thing, <laughs> which means what? Like, uh, so you, you what, what do you want me to talk about? And I, I have, a, there is a big company. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to speak in next Monday. Uh, I can't say the name. It's a large, one of the biggest construction French company in the world. Hundreds of thousands of employees. Uh, and I'm still negotiating to, to, for them to let me tell the word I want to tell during the speech. And it's only a one hour speech, but they say basically do your thing, but tell them uh we don't want to pay them more money, they should be happy with what they have, and we're gonna keep them working uh they're gonna have to to keep working really, really hard, and they should be really really grateful, but we're just gonna help them here and there I'm saying it's not gonna work I'm not gonna do your speech if you don't agree to Really listen to the people if you don't want me to have some conversation with employee to really understand the human challenge.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the next question I was going to ask you, which is uh, here in the UK, and I know in France this happens often as well. We're in the middle of a wave of, of strikes at the moment, you know, the railways, the postal service, the health service. Um, you know, it, it's not going to help people. A lot of people might say, well, look, if my working hours were less and my pay was higher, I'd be an awful lot happier. And so that's a conversation that bosses need to have as well. And it seems to be that you have a challenge there in getting people to find out how those things are related to each other other and companies to have companies address all of these issues not just say you know happiness is a nice add-on on on top
1: yes no no we we need to have two conversations one is yes i need to tell them about what is personal happiness and they need to work on themselves and the company has basically nothing to do about so they need to look at themselves seriously what is it that they want what is it that they want and then can they get what they want in the company so an now, now now that I've been this work for full time since 2014, right? So with a company called Humanava now, and, and before it was called Stand Up for Passion, but it's basically almost 10 years ago. And now I'm upfront, which is whenever we do a a, a mission, whether it's a digital coaching, whether it's our masterclass, whether whatever it is, a short-term, long-term mission. You will have some part of the employee that going to leave the the company after listening to what we have to say, and you have to be okay with that, because some employee cannot, will not, are not happy in your company, and and our my speech, the conference, the the, the team building we do, the workshop we will present, will let them realize, and I say it's good for them, it's good for your company. You don't want to have none. Engage people, and it's good for the world. And then the company they're going to stay together. then it's going to, those stick. They will stick much more. They will understand what is purpose, what is alignment. And then the, those guys will be more grateful. But you will leave part of your employee, and it's it's a good. And then you have to not only you have to leave, let those companies go, but you have to help those companies, help those people fly on their own. You need to buy them wings, right? To invest in them so they are happy. They leave the nest happy. They don't live on the, a, on a, oh, I, I waste five, 10 years of my company. No, it was, I did a certain amount of the time. I did the time, now I understood it's not good for me and I left and I'm thankful for the company to help me. And then the rest of the company we're gonna, the rest of the employee, we're gonna help them understand. How can they work better? How can they be more productive as long as they understand the purpose of the company? And this is why we need the implication, the engagement from the very top leaders. Every single week, I have a, some other engagement employee coach writing me and they've done everything under the sun to to bring more happiness and joy and purpose to the employee, and they say I can't. You know, the, the company don't want me to do it. And I say, unless you're going to have evangelists in the board's members, you will not do your job well. You need some to have some of the the top C-suite okay with you. Not not only okay with you. They they understand your job. It's good for the company and good for the world. So it's a you know it's a it's a it's a big mission we we have people in my in my space you know i say employee engagement space
0: as somebody who's worked in lots of countries and lots of different cultures around the world. Are there some cultures which are better at incorporating happiness into working life than others? I mean, I think we tend to think of it as a there's the Anglo-Saxon attitude, which is a sort of American attitude. We don't take yeah. lots of holiday. We work really hard. And we tend to think of the French, for instance, or the Italians as, as just like enjoying life a bit more, working less, maybe you know, taking longer breaks. And have you noticed those differences? Oh, yeah, what countries do you think do it best?
1: It's a fascinating question, and uh, I, I just enjoy, I just encourage you to watch the Netflix documentary called American Factory. Uh, it was about a Chinese billionaire who invests five hundred million dollars in, in a factory in America, in De- not Detroit, in Illinois, I think. And and you see the the, the culture clash. You see the good things some Chinese are, and the good things some American are. So I can go nation by nation. For me. I have, so I spent a total of 17 years in U.S., right? Uh, I do believe, uh, no matter what we say, that still the American way inside of a company, uh, in terms of, of, uh, of respecting each other, f- for me anyway, it's better than, I cannot speak so much about the British, I, I know less, but it's better than the French, it's better than Japanese, it's better than the Chinese, uh it's better some part of the middle east it's better than in Latin America, and I've worked in all those countries extensively why there, there is a so they work much more, but they respect a little bit more the individual you 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 have a say and and the most important thing in america you have so there is lots of bad things i mean we can talk for hours but the, the most important thing in mental health i think. Is the non-judgment. Non-judgment means you, you, you can have a voice. So that, that, that's what I would say. The Latin, the Latin country, the European Latin country, like France, Greece, Spain, Portugal, are great. It's the best quality of life in the world. Quality of life. Outside of work. This, I'm convinced. I mean, where I live in Bordeaux, probably, I mean, it's probably one of the best places in the world to live. Yet, not Bordeaux, inside of company, people don't respect each other. But they don't talk about it, the Italian, the French, the Spanish, because they're so used to it. They're so used not to respect each other. So yes, they laugh during lunchtime. And as soon as it's six o'clock, they have good time and they have much better time than American. So on average, if you look at happiness as a whole, the, 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 the Latin European countries are much happier than American, much, because, you know, life is also vacation, life is also what you do outside of work. And since you have much more vacation in, in, uh, in those countries than America, on average, they're happier. When it comes to work, America are happier at work. But life is not just work, right? So if you look at the whole thing, and and life in America has less social interaction, less family interaction, so many things. Uh, I mean, I can, you know, I encourage you to watch a ritual podcast if you don't know it yet, yesterday on mental health. Uh, Yesterday, I just listened again two hours on longevity. And again, you know, it's. In terms of pure, pure longevity, in terms of happiness on the long term, there is some village in Italy, in Greece, in Okinawa, Japan, that they are the very best of the world. Yet, when it comes to, so there is happiness and happiness at work. Uh, When it comes to, uh, when it comes to lightness at work, I mean, South America is quite good. So uh, there, there is a lightness when I work in South America, which is really pleasant right? So, but there's still a hierarchical structure, which means it's really hard to get to the top if you want to, right? So, for me, in, in terms of happiness at work, I include the, the, the capacity to thrive, the capacity to go to the top if you want. It's, it's still in America the number one, but America is not the number one in terms of overall happiness. Americans are much less happy on weekends, at night, during vacation, Americans are not as happy as the French, the Italians, the Portuguese, the Spaniard, the Greek. That's for sure. Uh, in Africa, there is a, uh, and and in the Middle East, there's a. It, the, I mean, the, the family structure is so strong that I uh, that I have to say there is really good thing in some part of the Middle East for the tightness of the family structure. For some of them, they are. And, and as we know, there's a lot of crime in the Middle East, but there's a much more tightness to uh, when it's good, of course, when it's good, to, to religions that, make, that, that makes the people really close to each other. The same thing you find in China. For instance, in China, uh, what I love is the, 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 for basically for me, a Chinese person is, is, a, is a one unit in a 25-people entity. And we know how social interaction is so good. And of course, because of that, there is corruption. And because of that, there is uh, people that should not be in the company, that are working company. But at least they always have their 25 people so close to each other, right? The, the, the people they grew up with, their cousin. I don't have that as a Frenchman. And I don't come from a good family structure. So I don't have that. I have maybe one person in the family I can trust in my own family. Almost every Chinese I met have twenty-four people on which they can count. So, they, so each continent and and family have, have a have a plus, right? I mean, in in the British culture, I know much less, but of course the capacity to uh, uh, you know to make fun of yourself is a, is a huge one, right? The, the British humor is recognized around the world, and this is a big plus in life, overall life, right? To to let it go, to make yourself. Um, so I would not say there was, there, I would say there was a really strong plus and minus in each culture. Quality of life, I do think it's right. South South Europe, there's no question. In, in terms of overall health, um, if you just talk about the health, of course, I would go to North Europe, right? What they eat, the, their, their their attitudes towards sports. Uh, the, the the attitudes towards trust they really um, for instance I really study happiness in Denmark like you know in Denmark Holland and Norway Sweden usually they are you know in the top five every year in terms of who's the happiest and and I went to work in Denmark so I get it so I under un, un, I interview hundreds of people and in Denmark uh, what you eat the sports you do uh, the outdoor, but also the trust you have for one another is so important. Compared to France, for instance, there is no trust in the French society uh, between people. And there's certainly no trust between the government and, 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 uh, and the society. In Denmark, people, almost everyone, 99% of people pay their taxes. They don't evade taxes. Because they trust the government to allocate the money they give to do good. And so this is part of happiness, right? So their health, their health happiness is one of the highest in the world. It's fascinating. And at work, uh, happiness at work, it's actually one of the, it's it's on par for America. The only thing is America for an ambitious person, ambitious, healthy, happiness, happy, uh, happy person is still the best place to be. But if you're an average person, I guess Denmark is even better because they they respect when you're done with your job in Denmark, Norway, in Sweden, if you're done at four p m you can leave your job you, jo- you don't have to do like you have to do in France, where if you're an executive in France, you have to stay until seven p m even if you don't work, even if you pretend working, but you have to you have to say, and of course everyone is on Google and not working. But in Denmark, people trust you, you're you down at 4 p.m.
0: Final question, really. So you've talked about the sort of the bigger issues of happiness and values and so forth. For you personally, what are the little things that make you happy? If something If you're having a bad day or, you know, things aren't going according to plan, what are your little sort of life hacks, I suppose, that make you feel happier yourself?
1: One, of course, is uh, it's not a cliche, it's real, right? The The, the gratitude mantra. I mean, I have a gratitude mantra every day. It lasts for 10 minutes. So not only what I am grateful for now, like right now, like today, what am I going today? Oh, I'm going to meet a friend and it's going to be nice or I'm going to watch a documentary. Just small gratitude of the last few days and the next few days. But also, and that's why it takes me 10 minutes, everything I'm grateful for, for having done in my life. The big things. The 25 things that really give me intense joy and happiness, whether it's places I've been, people people that have been in my life, people that are still in my life. First thing. Second thing is I'm French after all, and no matter what I read about health, I will still, and even if it takes a few years out of my life, I will still eat cake eat cake from time to time and eat chocolate from time to time. There's even a, a term in, in terms of a, a nutrition psychology. It's called your aliment chouchou. Chouchou in French means your, the things you like the most, your favorite things. So all of us, we need to know what is our aliment chouchou. We, we have a bad thing. We're going to, whatever, if it's take a chocolate or banana or whatever it takes, we have to grab it and we stop everything, we go to a cafe, we sit in a bakery, and that will give us dopamine. Unless, of course, you're obese, unless you have diabetes, and that's different issues. But for a normal person, I would say, normal, healthy person. So the, the, you need your Aliment chichou, you need your gratitude thing, and you, you need to know who you talk to when you, when you need to um, take a step out, zoom out, and this is why, the, the, and that's where America is wrong, right? That's why America they're not good at because they're so intense and they, they tend to work so hard on the thing that they, uh, you know, they, they work their passion when they're 22, 25, and they're 40 for those very successful guys and women. They put passion on the side, friends on the side, and then a bad things comes, a divorce, layoff, you lay off, then you don't know how to re your friendship, European are much better at this, much better at this. Latin American are very good on this. Asian, Japanese, very good on this. The keep the friendship on a long-term basis. It's something you build over time. So be able to, you know, you have like one, two, three friends. You can call anytime it will not be well. You, I mean, I just took a call with one of my best friends in Azerbaijan. Uh, you know, it was 15 minutes before the, the podcast with you. It, of course, I call him right away. I say I have 10 minutes only. Uh, tell me who you are. Any, I know I can call him, a, I can call him at 3 a.m. You need to have those person and thank them in your mind every day, right? Uh, and then, of course, uh, anything having to do with movement. The first thing, if you want to help someone get out of burnout, depression, it's Having them to move, right? Any kind of thing. It can be just a small walk of five minutes outside, even if it's minus five degrees. Right? You just take a good coat. But you, the movement is so important. You you feel bad? You move. Whatever it is, it's a push up. It's a shadow boxing. Whatever. I love shadow boxing, but that's just me. Whatever, whatever fits you. You, you need to have those moments, movement. My, my, my wife has done yoga for 20 years. I like yoga, but I don't like yoga more than 20 minutes. It's not my thing, right? So all of us have a movement we like who brings us joy and find it and respect it and don't leave it outside. My stepbrother um, uh, is in Australia and he's a, he's a successful startup guy. But right now it's really tough time, really stressful and he's uh, very successful financially, but he cannot take a break. And he, he, he used to be a very good surfer, doesn't surf. He used to be one of the top musicians; doesn't do music. He went the American way, right? It's, uh, it's, it's so sad. He, he has to go back to music. He has to go back to surfing, no matter how successful he is. And if he's gonna be less successful than he is now because he spent two hours a week doing that, so what? The goal is not to, to beat everyone else at work and to be the number one in your field. The goal, the goal is to have this g- global, you know, satisfaction of life. It's one of the best ways to explain happiness, really. You know, it's an overall satisfaction, right? You you've done what you're supposed to do. You you have good relation with people you have you you know you just have enough in the bank for a rainy day really I mean, it goes back to satisfaction of life, right? Overall satisfaction of life. So it's a holistic approach, right? It takes your work, but it takes your social interaction, your 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 family. Not everything will work, and this is why you need to keep uh, working at your passion, uh, at your health, at the movie you love. Have a holistic view.
0: That sounds very good advice. Thank thanks very much for talking to us.
1: Thank you, Terry.
0: Thanks for listening to this Head Talks podcast. We hope you found it helpful and interesting. You can find many more talks on our website at headtalks.com or listen to our podcasts on all the usual channels.